Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, so glad that you're able to be here uh, today for this tool that we do uh, twice a month. Uh, we think that, as Leslie said before, when we gather together in this setting, uh, it's really a helpful tool to help us move closer to better loving Jesus, each other, and the world. And we hope that that's what happens in your life this morning. Uh, this is by no means the only tool that we have at our disposal to help us grow. And so make sure you check out your program. There's a lot of really other neat things that we're doing that I think would be incredibly helpful to you. Uh, one, especially I want to make note of is uh, this coming Saturday, we have a retreat, 9 a.m. to 1.30, and I think it's just going to be incredibly, incredibly helpful. So if you can navigate a way where you can find that time in your schedule, there's going to be food and child care and all that stuff, uh, but it's going to be really, really great if you could join us for that. Uh, so uh, today... We are continuing uh, in what we've been talking about uh, all semester long, and we're going to continue to talk about all the way till Christmas, and that is this idea of definitions, uh, which might not sound overly exciting, but I think is incredibly important both to how we believe, because we want to affect like the things that we're thinking about, but more importantly, we want to affect how we actually live things out. Uh, and when it comes to especially following Jesus, especially in our world over the last couple years, uh, maybe the last decade, 20 years, as you look at kind of the general Christian landscape, whatever that means to you, it's very possible that you might have people communicating, living out, singing, preaching, these concepts, and based off of who you hear saying it, it's like, it sounds incredibly, incredibly different. Uh, different. And sometimes, uh, what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, you'll hear someone and they're defining, here's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Here's what it looks like to understand the Bible. And sometimes, as you hear them explaining it, it's just like, that just seems wrong. Like, I, I don't think that's like how Jesus actually intended it. I think we've just kind of like gone sideways with this. Or other times, it's that their definition, it's like, yeah, I think, I think you might be right. It's just that you've kind of picked this like narrow little slice that like fits you or is comfortable to you, but like this actually is a much wider bigger idea. Uh, and so we want to make sure that as we're trying to figure out how we follow Jesus, for those of us that have made that decision, for others of us that are trying to figure out if we're going to follow Jesus, we want to make sure you understand exactly what it is Jesus is asking us to do, what he's asking us to have our lives changed like, so that way we can really move forward in the best way possible. Uh, so here's the definition we're going to look at today, is this idea of laws commands and rules uh, that regularly as you encounter the idea of following Jesus, as you open the Bible, you're going to find laws, rules, and commands. And how exactly do we define what those are? Uh, so to get us uh, thinking about it a little bit, uh, here's a couple laws and rules that I don't think are found in the Bible, uh, just to show how we think differently about these. So uh, here's, a, here's a law and a rule. And I, based off of this room, you see this in different ways. There's some of you in this room, and you see this, and what you read it is incredibly literally. You see this is a speed limit. 
This is the maximum that you should go. If you decide you want to go slower than that, that's fine. They're, they're not worried about that. But whatever they're saying, make sure you don't go above 55 and you believe in that rule. You believe in the validity of that rule. You think that I, and so you are kind of 100% committed that whenever you see this rule, you're going to follow it to the letter. There's others of you in this room and you see this as like, this is like 55-ish. Like, this is like, this is setting like a range, you know? So like, if, if you're like around 55, you know, but if you're, you know, 10 miles an hour, 5 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour faster than it, that's probably fine. Like, they, they're just trying to give you like, if you're around this, that's really, you know, what this rule is about. And then there's others of you, and you see this as like a challenge, you don't like that the government, whoever, is telling you how to live, and so you're going to make sure that you beat it and exceed it to the maximum amount that you possibly can. And this is true for lots of different rules. So uh, we're going to play a little bit of a game, and so find someone next to you, and we're going to set a range here, okay? So there's a 0 to 10, or 1 to 10. So 1 would be, uh, I don't really take this that seriously at all. Five is, I take this like, ish, I, I, you know, kind of take the cherry pick it a little bit, but, you know, I kind of follow this rule. Ten is, I absolutely follow this rule 100% of the time. I take this very, very seriously, okay? Zero, not at all. Five, eh, a little bit. Ten, absolutely. All right, here's our first rule. Dry clean only. How, turn to someone next to you, zero to ten. How, how seriously do you take that rule? All right, then here, here's our next one. We're going to th go through these a little quick. Wait one hour after you eat before swimming. My, my mom used to always say that, and so if you're going to go swimming, how seriously do you take that? Zero to ten? All right, then the next one, sleep eight hours a day. I mean, come on, people. You could go to any doctor around and they will tell you, this is, if you, for healthy living, this is a rule. How seriously do you take this rule? All right, then here's our last one. Don't wear white after Labor Day. Uh, I, I, apparently, that's like a fashion rule. Uh, I, actually, is there anyone who takes that rule super seriously? Yeah? Is it white everything? White shoes, white pants, white? No white, no white anything. All right. Very good. Uh, well, Charles has a white mask on. Does that count? Is that? You got to get your fashion stuff, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. So those are all fine. But again, what we want to focus on is as we think about the Bible, uh, it is chock full of rules and commands. Uh, and so actually, just to kind of get us on a basis, and so in the Old Testament of the Bible, so go to the next one there. Uh, uh, oop, I already gave the answer away. So in the Old Testament, 613 rules. You, I was going to make you guys guess on that one. I'll make you guess on the next one. So in the New Testament, anyone know how many rules are in the New Testament? Two commandments? Close. All right. So in the, in the New Testament, there is 1,050 rules. Uh, can anyone name all of those 613 or 1,050? 
Anybody name them all? Uh, has anyone kept them all today? Anyone broke any of them yet so far today? All right, good. So here's what we want to... Go back, Aza, sorry. All right, so here's what we want to ask today. is We think about all these different rules. Uh, rules that you will find that, that Moses gave, that Paul wrote about, that Jesus spoke about. As we think about all those rules and commands, what, how do we define that? Uh, how do we kind of put all that in our minds? Uh, and so here's a couple different ways in which I think sometimes in church world we can define this idea of rules and commands. So yeah, the, the first one is that big word, no. Uh, we, when we think of the rules, we think of this big, angry God, and he's up in heaven, and he's looking at us, and he's just like, no, no, no. And like, anytime we're about to do something fun, anything that looks exciting, he's just like, that's the reason for all those rules. That's how we define that, is God's this big cosmic killjoy, and that's why he gave all these rules, is he just loves to say no. Uh, and for some of us, that's how uh, we define the idea of rules and commands. Uh, here's another way that we define it is we see it as like, it's kind of this idea that like all, all those rules are, they're a bummer. They're, they're a big time drag. We don't really want to do them. Uh, but we have this sense that it's like, I think God did some stuff for me. And I mean, you know, Jesus, he died for me on the cross. And so like, I don't want to do this stuff, but like, uh, I, guess, I guess because of what he did for me, I guess I'll like go along with it anyways. Uh, and that's kind of how we define these rules is that they're, they're not fun. We don't like doing them, but we feel like we, we kind of owe it to God after all, you know, that he's done for us. Uh, here's another uh, way that we define it is just the idea of fear. Uh, we, again, we, we, don't, we don't like these rules. We don't really want to do them, but we're scared of what's going to happen if we don't. Uh, and maybe that's like an eternal fear of if we don't do them, maybe we'd go to hell. Or maybe it's like we kind of have this thought of like, if, if I like don't follow the rules today, then like maybe God's not going to like, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, bless my marriage or he's not going to bless my job or like I got to make sure I'm doing the right things or else God might get me somehow. Uh, and we're kind of fearful of that. Uh, another way that we define the rules is the idea of logic. Uh, and I can kind of fall to this one. Uh, this is probably the biggest I can fall to. It's like, okay, I actually, the rules kind of make some sense. And especially when you look at them through like maybe their historical context or, you know, like when you compare the rules to like other philosophies or, you know, what Oprah tells me. It's like, you know, the, these rules kind of make sense. Like, and so I think the reason why we're supposed to follow them is just like God's smart and God's logical. And so even though, you know, this might be not the way I always want to live, it, when you play it out, it's just kind of logical, and somehow that's what we define what these rules and commands are about. Uh, another one then is about the idea of prosperity. So similar idea that the, these aren't fun rules. We don't really enjoy doing them, but we feel like if we do them, like then God's going to you know, do good things for us, and we're going to have a prosperous life, prosperous health, prosperous financially, uh, get to go to heaven someday, uh, whatever that looks like. Uh, and then last one that we define it, is just like, yeah, that's a lot of rules. I mean, who can remember 1,050, 613? But like, the point wasn't ever that we were supposed to like remember and do all of them. There's all helpful advice. And so if you, you know, need some advice about parenting, then you can like look through and you can find, you know, it's take it or leave it, but it's, it's 
helpful advice. Uh, so those are some of the definitions that I can think of. And so again, uh, to make sure we're all like kind of ingesting this, uh, I can turn to someone that you're near. And which of those, as you've maybe thought about laws and rules, do you kind of lean in the direction of? Because I think that every single one of us has one of those that as we've thought about all the commands and rules, the no, only as a response, fear, logic, helpful advice, prosperity, maybe one that I forgot about. Um, but turn to someone and let them know which one of those do you lean towards. So quick discussion about that. All right, hopefully you got a quick chance to be able to share. And now, again, as we've talked about with these different definitions, there's a part of, if you were to find the rules about, through one of these definitions, there's a part of each of these that we could walk through and I could say, that, that's just wrong. There's, seeing that, the rules through that definition is wrong. But there's another part where it's like, there's like slivers of each of those that are a little bit biblical, a little, have a little bit of truth to them. It's just that that's a very narrow idea of what it means. And so today, we want to look at the Jesus definition of how Jesus defined laws and commands, which I would argue is the best way, is the right way, is the big wide way that we should all view these ideas of rules, commands, and laws. And here was Jesus's way is love. That the way that all of these 613 commands in the Old Testament, all the 1,050, that the, the reason behind them, the motivation for why we should do them, the motivation for why God gave them to us in the first place, for what God is hoping happens in our hearts, for what God hope happens in our, in our, in our world, the whole mo everything about all of these rules comes down to this one big idea of love. Uh, and here's why we say that. So here's uh, Jesus this is from the book of Matthew. Uh, and this is a religious leader, uh, a Pharisee, is asking Jesus a question. And so this is someone who 2,000 years ago could probably name all 613 of those rules and made it their livelihood to try to follow each and every one of them every single day. So this person was incredibly good at following the rules, but for the wrong reason, the wrong motivation. So this person is asking Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 613, talking about the Old Testament, which one is the greatest one? Here's what he said. Jesus replied, love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. These aren't all even commandments in Jesus' mind. There's one that is above them all. But he doesn't stop there. And the second is like it. So he, Jesus can't give just one command that's the greatest. There's at least two. And the second is like it, as in even. As in these are equal in Jesus' mind. One isn't above the other. These are the two greatest commands. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. 
So what Jesus is saying here, uh, go to the next one, is that all of these laws, and I think Jesus would include all of these laws, all of them, what they are all about, what, what sums them all up, what they all really point towards. Uh, if I, I was trying to think how I could do this graphically, and I'm not uh, good enough as a graphic designer at all. That's the extent of what I can do graphic design-wise. But if you could like picture like a bar or something, or like a hanger, you know, and that's love God and love people. And then all the other 613 commands are literally hanging off of those because that's what all of those are dependent. All of those are about that idea of loving God and loving people. Uh, so here's what that means practically. Uh, so here's one of the uh, laws in the, in the Bible. This is from the book of Leviticus. I am the Lord your God. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't deceive one another. Good laws, good rules. Why? Uh, what's our, our motivation for why we should do that? Uh, so we could go through our definition. It could, it's, it's because God, God said so. Just no, don't do it. Don't lie. D -d don't steal from people. I, I, I'm God. I'm in charge. You're not. Shut up. No. Is that the reason why? Uh, is it where it's like, well, I mean, this is Leviticus, so this is the people that just have uh, been uh, taken out of uh, slavery in Egypt. So like, hey, you owe me one. Like, I, I told you, is that the reason why they're not supposed to do this? Is it because of fear? If you don't, I'm going to get you. Is it because it's like, yeah, I guess it makes sense not to steal from people, but uh, not to lie, but you know, maybe there will be a logical thing where you can lie. I don't know. Helpful advice, prosperity. No. Jesus says, you know why you shouldn't steal from people? Because if you love people, you don't steal from them. I love those people. I want you to love those people. Do you know why I don't want you to lie? Because when you lie, it breaks trust with other people. And I don't want you to have trust broken with other people. I love you. I love them. The reason why I want you to, the, the reason behind these laws is love. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this one's in the Ten Commandments. Uh, but on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about that if you've been around here over the last year. This idea that God commands once a week to have a day where you just take a stinking break. Where you rest, where you say, you know what, I have emails to do, I'm not going to do those today. Uh, I have household projects to do today. I'm not going to do those today. Today, I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to feast one day a week. And why? Well, why does God do that rule for us? Uh, is it because God just loves to say no and he just, you know, he doesn't want us to succeed in business? That's why he doesn't want us to work anymore? Is it because it's just we, we owe something to him? And Jesus would say, here's what that law hangs on. It's, I love you. And I love the people around you. And you are going to be able to love yourself better. You're going to be able to love God better. You're going to, because of the love I have for you, because of the way that I love other people around you, I'm commanding you to take a break because of love. Uh, here's uh, one last one. This one's from Jesus. Jesus says, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, and that's, Jesus kind of is commanding this to, to, to guys as they look at girls. Uh, but we could easily uh, bring this on to uh, uh, us girls as they're maybe looking at others that they might lust after or uh, be tempted to commit adultery over. And for a lot of us, as we think about rules, that's kind of the first thing we jump to is like something with sex or something with money. 
And why is it that Jesus wants to like interfere in that part of our life? Uh, is it because Jesus just loves to say no? Jesus doesn't want us to have any fun. Jesus wants to take away pleasure. Uh, is it because we should be scared? Uh, is it because we owe him something? And Jesus would say, it's because whoever it is that you're looking at, that one, I love her. Whoever that guy is that you're thinking, I love him. And, and to me, they are not just an object. They are not just something to be oogled. They're not something to be objectified. And you lose a little bit of your humanity when you make somebody else into just an object. And so because of love for you, because of love for them, this is why I am giving you this command. And on and on and on, this is what Jesus and this is what the people who followed Jesus would make this point that the laws, what they all kind of hinged on, was this idea of love. Uh, Here's how uh, the Apostle Paul said it. Uh, the Apostle Paul was also raised as a Pharisee, raised as someone who was supposed to follow all the laws. And this is what he said. He said, the commandments, all of them. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other commands there may be, just come out all the rules. They are summed up in this one command. If you just focus on this one thing, love your neighbor as yourself. Because love does no harm to a neighbor. Why don't we lie? Why don't we steal? Well, why do we give ourselves a, a moment to take a break and not burn ourselves out? Why do we not lust after other people? Uh, why do we try to get our anger under control? Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, which is kind of one way you could go about this is to say, okay, 613, all right, 1,050. Let me, I'm going to make like a giant checklist. I'm going to like memorize. I'm just going to like walk around all day and I, I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to, and you could do that. Or what Paul says is you can literally just focus on this one rule. And if you walk around saying, I'm going into work right now, how can I really love the people that I work with? I'm going home right now. How can I love the people that are in my home? Uh, as I'm going out with friends, how can I really, as I'm walking through the streets of Albany, how can I, what would it look like for me to really love the other people? And if you have that mindset, according to Paul, you're going to fulfill, you're just going to, all the other laws will take care of themselves because that's what they were all about anyways, is love. Here's another way that Paul said it. This one's from the book of Galatians. He said, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. It'll all be fulfilled if you do this one thing. Uh, Now, here's why I think this idea of making sure we define these laws and rules under the definition of love and not those other definitions is so, so important. Uh, Here's at least three things that come to my mind you might think of other ones, Uh, but kind of pitfalls we can follow fall into if we have the wrong definition. Uh, Here's the first one, is we start to get this idea of like, I don't know if it's like loophole thinking or uh, how I've often thought about it is like just trying to figure out like how close to the edge can we possibly get. And so like we know that it's like, okay, there's these, this is breaking the rules. This is like okay with the rules. And it's like, I I don't technically want to break the rules because God said no. And if I break the rule, then God might get me. Or if I break the rule, then God might not give me the blessing that I was looking for. Uh, but I, I still kind of want to like go in that direction. You know, so it's like, all right, so I can't uh, lie to them. But like, 
I wasn't, like, how close can I get until it's, like, really a lie? You know, like, if I, if I do this, is that really a sin? Uh, if, I, if I deceive a little bit, you know, like, I, yeah, I, I kind of am doing this thing with work right now, and it's like, it's a little bit shady, but, like, is that really? And we get into this thinking of, like, trying to get as close as we possibly can without falling over. And I tell you, it changes the whole ball game. You can do that if it's, I'm just trying to avoid God saying no, so I just want to be like right on the edge of it. Or only, You can make that work. But if your mindset is, how can I actually love the people that I'm with the most? How can I love myself the most? How can I love God the most? It changes the entire thing. Uh, here's uh, uh, the next kind of pitfall that we can fall into, is that, We've kind of been maybe living under one of these, especially maybe the idea of like fear or prosperity or helpful advice. And like it, it kind of works until it doesn't work. And so like we've, we've been going through life and our experience show that it's not actually working the way at least we were taught that it was because we've been following the rules. I mean, this is what they told me to do as a parent and I've been doing all the different rules and like my kids aren't turning out the way that I thought they were supposed to. Like, I've been following all the rules, and, like, and I still got sick. I've been following all the rules, and like, financially, things are not a success. And then actually, we look around at the other people, and like, there's that person. They're not following any of the rules, and they're actually seeming like they're being blessed more. Like I'm the one who's like getting all the, the, the danger, fear, you know, and they're the ones that are getting all the prosperity, and I'm the one following the rules. Like, what's up with that? And Jesus would say, it's because I never promised that you should follow the rules because of any of these reasons. I said you should follow these because of love, and it changes everything. Uh, and the last way that uh, pitfall that we can fall into is this, this idea of either self-righteousness or drudgery. It, it paints a picture that like, ah, there's like all these things that I'm supposed to do in here, but they're just they're just terrible. And like, I got to go to church today and I got I to go and I got to do these nice things for my neighbor. And I can't do these things. It's just, it just feels like these like terrible things. But then since I think we don't like doing them, then it creates this like self-righteousness of like, we look at other people that are out there not following the rules and we're like, okay, but somehow I'm better than you. Uh, somehow you're going to get yours someday. And it can create this real us versus them, self-righteousness, which I think all of us have seen way too much of in church world. This idea of just, we, we don't really like doing the things of God because we really don't see them as things that he is lovingly doing. Uh, or uh, we've become very self-righteous in the process of doing them. Uh, and the, the idea, I think, in all of those is that Jesus' idea is not just that we follow the rules. Jesus doesn't want us to just... The big reason why Jesus came, why the Bible was written, wasn't so that we can follow the rules and that it's possible to follow all of the rules perfectly and still miss the point. We can do all the right things and still not get the right definition of what the whole thing was actually about. Uh, again, here's what uh, the Apostle Paul says. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, you know, so I mean, if I'm I'm up preaching and I'm like prophesying to other people and I'm like saying all this like, wow, so like helpful spiritual stuff, but I don't have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, 
And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Uh, Paul is saying if we're not doing this with love in mind, we can completely miss the whole thing and it doesn't really count. Uh, and so I, I think this kind of makes the whole thing a little more practical. As we think about this with God and rules, I think a lot of us have like our own like baggage behind that. But when we think of it in like a normal relationship sense, I think that this makes a whole bunch of sense. So uh, here's uh, my last metaphor before we get ready to end today. So I think if we think about this in the terms of uh, marriage or dating, or you could do it as like a best friend, like kind of whatever works for you. Uh, but uh, I'll show you somewhere. Hi, Ashley. Uh, so uh, we've been married uh, almost 19 years now, which is crazy. Uh, we're, we're pretty old. And in our marriage, there's some rules. Uh, some are spoken, some are not spoken. Um, uh, I'm, she has a birthday every year, so I'm supposed to like remember her birthday, I guess, and like buy her things for her birthday and make that day special. Uh, we have an anniversary, and so I'm supposed to like remember the anniversary and buy her things. Uh, there's a certain way that I'm supposed to load the dishwasher and not load the dishwasher. Uh, I'm supposed to make sure that when she wakes up every morning that the coffee is brewed and ready. Uh, that's an important law and rule. It, why? Uh, why are these, why should I follow these rules? Is it because, like, it's just, if I don't, like, kind of this idea of, like, marriage is like, it's like ball and chain, and it's like, ah, oh, I'm married now, so I got to, like, follow these rules, and, like, you know, it's just, that's, like, the institution of marriage just says, like, no, you can't, like, do these other things now, and you have to do these things. Is that the reason why I should follow these rules? Or, you know, like, as you think about, like, kind of the big thing, like, not supposed to have an affair, uh, not supposed to like spend large sums of money without telling her, uh, not supposed to like embezzle our money away. Like, am I supposed to, is, is it like only as a response? I was like, eh, I guess she did say she's going to live with me the rest of my life. So fine, I guess I'll like go ahead and like, I'll, here's your birthday gift. You know, that's funny. It's because I'm scared that if I don't, she's going to get mad at me and I'd, I'd rather just avoid the fight. And so like, I'll just say, oh, that, that's why I'm going to do these things. It's because, like, I guess it just kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't really want to be alone. If I, if, I, if I do these things, she'll probably stay with me. And there's a tax break, so that's good. It's like, is that, like, the reason why? Yeah, is it because it's like, yeah, this is, like, kind of helpful advice. And, like, some other people told me it could work out good. Or, or is it because, like, what if this? Like, what if, like, I got married to Ashley, and, like, somehow in the process of marrying her, I found out, like, there was, like, a big inheritance someday. Like if, if I could figure out a way just to like stay with her and make her not like divorce me, then it's like at some point there's gonna be some big payoff in the future. And so like, I'm just trying to like keep her around just like, you, you imagine like if in our relationship, I was always trying to figure out like, okay, so like you, you said I'm supposed to like keep our anniversary and that like how, how close can I actually get? Like, I mean, like, it wasn't the minimum requirement I can do to, like, make that okay, or your birthday, or, like, even, like, a big one. Like, we're not supposed to cheat. Okay, wait, how close can I get? What if I saw that as, like, this, like, drudgery of, like, oh, I, I can't believe, like, man, she's not letting me, like, text my girlfriend from high school? What's up with that? You know, like, ah, oh, it's, like, so rough. You know, if it's not in the context of love, because that's, Ashley doesn't want me to do any of the, she wants me to buy her a gift because I, I love her. 
and because it's, it's like a showcase of the love that we have. Uh, the reason I, I, I don't want to ever cheat, I don't want to like be untruthful to her. Uh, I, I want to serve her and make her coffee in the morning because of love. And actually, if I just like every day wake up and think, how can I like love my wife today? How, how can I give good, how can I do whatever, how can I put her as like the place that she deserves in my life because I love her? It's gonna, really going to take care. I, I don't need to like be worrying about all these different rules and laws. It's just going to flow out of me because it's just this relationship of love that we have. And that's what Jesus is trying to bring us to. Is what Jesus wants most is he doesn't want us to follow the rules. What Jesus wants most is he wants us to be in a love relationship with him. He wants us to love him. He wants us to love other people. And then every once in a while he'll give us some rules and kind of commentary on exactly what that looks like. But the point is love. Uh, here's how um, uh, Dallas Willard uh, says it. He says, The aim of spiritual formation is not behavior modification, but the transformation of all those aspects of you and me where behavior comes from, the heart. And so how we want to define this is we don't want you to ever come to these uh, live services. We don't want you to come to community group. We don't want you to come to classes. It's, it's like, oh, I got to like do this stuff because I, I, I have to, or God says no, or I got to follow these things. We want you to have this desire that Jesus wants to change your heart. And how he wants to change your heart is to be someone who actually loves God, who actually loves the other people around you, and that your actions flow out of that. And so what we're trying to do is put as much intention as we can, and I think this is where our focus needs to be, is not trying to every day wake up saying, how can I follow the rules today? How can I make sure that I got them all done? But instead, to wake up every day saying, how can I focus my heart and my eyes today more on loving God? Because then everything else will pour out of it. Uh, here's how Jesus says it uh, near the end of his life. He says, remain in me. Spend time with me. Make time like this. Make time like we did with Leslie earlier today where we were doing that daily office. Make time where we're gathering in groups uh, make time where, as we're walking into a meeting, we just acknowledge that the presence of God is there. Spend your days with me, as I also remain in you. I will be with you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. And that's what we want, is we want to be producing fruit. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more just we want to keep his commands. The more if Ash and I are intentional about taking date nights, if we're intentional about taking a vacation together, the more time we just spend with each other, I just love her more, and I just want these rules that they don't even seem like. They're just things I want to do as a part of this love relationship we have. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more Jesus transforms who we actually are. Uh, so as we end uh, today, we want to spend some time practicing 
focusing on the presence and the love of God. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to give a, a couple different, so our, our main things that we talk about are here is church. It's not a building, it's not an organization. It's a group of people who love Jesus, each other, and the world. Uh, so I'm going to lead us in a prayer going through each of those categories. Uh, and during this, uh, at any point, uh, there's communion cups on your tables. Uh, you can take a communion at any part in this as we focus on the love of Jesus. And perhaps there's no greater symbol of how much Jesus loves us, how much Jesus wants to pursue a relationship with us, how much Jesus doesn't want anything to stand in between us, uh, in between him and us, than when he sacrificed for himself on the cross. Uh, so let's first, uh, let's spend some time... Uh, uh, reflecting on Jesus. And the first thing I'm going to ask you to reflect on to the best that can you know in your heart and your mind is how much in this moment does the God of the universe who came down to earth as Jesus Christ, how much does he love you? And just contemplate, reflect on that idea of just how much Jesus loves you. Sometimes we don't love ourselves very well and we carry this guilt and anxiety. It's a second, would you pray that God would show that you would be able to see yourself through the eyes of Jesus. That as you would understand the love that Jesus has for you and that you would be able to see yourself through the grace-filled eyes of Jesus as he looks at you from the cross and from heaven. talk about the idea of each other and by each other we mean folks that are a part of this family that we call Christ Church Albany so maybe take a second and look around the room maybe it's a group of people maybe it's one certain person and would you just ask that God would kind of reveal to you how much God loves that group of people or maybe that certain person maybe think about specific things that you are thankful for and that other and that God is thankful for for that person. I think it's entirely possible that there might be someone else in this room 
that we either have current or past conflict with. Maybe it was someone that you came here with and there's past or current conflict. And so would you spend a moment and pray that you would see that other person through the lens of Jesus. That maybe as you're tempted to somehow see them through a, an event or a stereotype or some sort of another encounter where it would paint them in a negative way. How does Jesus see that other person? Would you just pray that Jesus floods your heart uh, with his view of that person? as we think about the world and the world for us is anyone who is not yet a part of our family so maybe you want to look out the, the windows at the uh, houses that are outside and the folks that live in there maybe you want to think of the folks that live in your street uh, or that you work with uh, maybe you've recently taken a trip somewhere Maybe you've seen something in the news of a, a country or a people group that is just on your heart. Uh, maybe there's an issue that has happened. Uh, maybe it's the gun violence in our own city. Maybe it's poverty, uh, the lack of resources, especially as uh, it gets cold. Um, but as Jesus looks at the world around us, would you just ask him to show you how he feels about the world, whatever kind of piece of the world you want to think about right now, and ask Jesus to reveal to you how much he loves that peace, those people in the world. lastly, none of us know all of the rules. We couldn't know them all. Maybe someone's got a great, better memory than me, but there's probably at least some of them that you do know. And maybe there's one or a couple right now that are kind of rising up in you, and you knew that if you were taking that rule seriously, it would help you to better love Jesus. It would help you to better love the other people around you. It might help you to better love the world. So would you spend some time asking God, help me to love you, to love people, and to follow that rule. Not because you're mean, not because out of fear, but because of love. Whatever that rule is for you, would you think about how you can live that out in love, maybe today. Jesus, we pray that you 
fill us up with your love. Let us know deep into our bones how much you love us. Let us know deep in our bones how much you love the other people in our church family. Help us to know deep how much you love every single person that we will encounter. And as we are just filled with that love, help us to pour out love on ourselves, on the world, on our church family, which will be that we're following rules, but help it not to feel like drudgery, self-righteous rules. Help it to feel like real, tangible ways that we are joyfully sharing love with those around us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, Tim. All right.